0: or you can find us at our website, madorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today.
1: But, uh, with the help of the Lord, we'll share something from the word of God. Amen. The book of Mark, the second chapter... And the first verse, read a few verses from this passage. And again he, Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. Straightway many were gathered together, and so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy or paralyzed. Which was born afore, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and they had broken it. When they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And verse five says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, "Son, thy sins be forgiven thee," or he healed him. And there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why did this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. We never saw it on this fashion. Would you join me in prayer? Let's ask the Lord to speak to our heart this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning in this place. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, for the promises of your word. We thank you for your people that are gathered here today, Lord. We ask that you would bless us each one, Lord. Help me, Lord, to as your servant, be able to deliver what you've put in my heart. Help us to be able to receive, Lord, the word of encouragement that you have sent our way. We ask it in the holy name of Jesus, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. As you're seated this morning, would you turn to your neighbor and say, their faith. Their faith. As you're seated today. I want to preach for a little while about their faith. Jesus used the terms little faith, much faith, great faith, a measure of faith, your faith. He spoke of his faith and, and her faith and our faith. And the Bible talks about the works of faith and the gift of faith. And faith is such an important tenet of our experience with God. Uh, we walk by faith. We live by faith. Uh, we are all subject to uh, many things in this earth and in this life. And we face many things. We face sicknesses. We, f- we face circumstances we face troubles, we go through trials, we go through dry places, we go through valleys, we, we go through many things, and it's faith, it's faith that sees us through. Yes, Most of the time, we individualize faith. We, we individualize it into our, our own personal uh, being, and we, we, we relate to it on the basis of our own personal faith. And that's important. We need to have that. And the word says that he gives to every man. That measure of faith, and so it is important that we have it, and and it is a great blessing to have that. But today, I don't want to talk about your faith uh, so much so as I want to talk about their faith. Their faith sometimes is what is called for or what is needed. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, eleven chapter said, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he that cometh unto God must believe that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of them that." diligently seek him. I remember when I first had gone to parish to pastor Bishop and Sister Holly were the pastors before us and great people of God, a great man of God and a great woman of God and every bit as much a lady as our dear Sister Walls was. Uh, Sister Holly too was just a great lady, a great woman of God and a great lady and I remember uh, they, of course, were in the latter uh, stages of their life, and they both have already gone on to their rewards, but uh, I remember Sister Holly becoming sick, and uh, she was sick for some days there, and and, uh, I went over to visit them, as was my custom for the first uh, two or three years that I was there. I went every day to their house. I'd go to the church to pray, and after I had finished with my time of prayer, I'd go over to Bishop Holly and Sister Holly's house right behind the church, and we would have coffee, and we would talk, and we would just enjoy each other's fellowship, and I would share my vision and what we were going to try to do in the church, and and they would uh, join with me and and help me and speak into my life and speak to that vision, but I remember Sister Holly becoming ill, and I, I went one day and, and, and Bishop Polly said, would you come pray with my wife? And so we made our way back to the back room there where she was lying in the bed sick and not able to really get up and get about. And she uh, said, Brother Gray, she said, would you please pray for me? She said, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. She said, uh, I, I, I have prayed for people. She said, my whole life I have prayed for people. She said, I've seen God do miracles. I've seen God raise people up. I've seen God bring people back in. I've, I've seen God restore and renew, and I've seen God answer prayers miraculously. She said, but for some reason, I just can't seem to believe God for myself. And I understand that. And if you've been living for God very long, you understand that too. Because we've all found ourselves in places where we wondered, God, what's wrong with my faith? God, why can't I touch you? Why can't I, why can't I get my healing? Why can't I get my my breakthrough? Why can't I do what I need to do and receive what I need to receive? And 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 I remember her telling me that. And and I remember I I was probably naive to say so but and and certainly i I held no such position as to speak over her but i said sister holly i said sometimes it's easier to believe god for somebody else than it is to believe god for yourself simply put i would like to say it this way sometimes we need somebody else to have some faith for us we need somebody else to believe God for us. Oh, yes, I've, I've had God answer prayers. Everybody in this house has had God answer prayers. Everybody in here knows what it is to believe God and get an answer. Everybody in here knows what it is to put your faith on the line and see God respond to that faith miraculously even at times. But we also know what it's like. To pray and wonder why it didn't happen. Why we didn't get that breakthrough. Why it didn't. Why didn't God didn't answer in the way that we wanted God to. This passage of scripture I think will help us. It helped me at least to understand the importance of other people's faith in my life. I'm telling you this morning I need you. When my wife was sick just a few days ago. Amen. Pastor Gill. there was nothing in my heart but fear. I was afraid I was loosing her. I prayed, God, don't let her pass before I can get there. I was in another city, a little church that we're interim pastors of right now, and uh, a brother and I were there doing a little work on the church, and we were already on our way back when I got the phone call, and I just cried and prayed my way home, and, 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 and yet I didn't have much faith. I didn't have the ability. I, I, I told God I believed, and I told God that I was trusting Him, but at the same time, I was struggling with the fear that was in my heart. Oh, God, what's going to happen? Oh, God, we need you right now. But little did I know that across America and across the globe that there were hundreds and even maybe thousands of people who stopped what they were doing, and they lifted up their voices, and they lifted up their hands. And I'm telling you this morning, I'm persuaded right now that my dear wife is with me today because of their faith their faith it made the difference it made the difference the bible says here in this passage that jesus had come into capernaum and after some days people found out where he was and they came and they gathered around the house We know from study of Scripture that the crowds that surrounded Jesus were never numbered in small numbers of 10, 20, or 30, or 40, except when he would go aside for certain seasons and certain time. He would bring certain groups, uh, small groups of people that would go with him in those times. But for the most part, everywhere that Jesus went and ministered, the crowds numbered in hundreds and thousands. I can imagine that the streets were filled with people that wanted to get to where Jesus was because it was known, it was noise that that Jesus, the healer, Jesus, the one who spoke into their lives, the the one who healed diseases, and and the one who caused lame men to walk, and and deaf men to hear, and mute men to speak, and even raised up men from the dead. He was in the house. And and so the streets were filled with people who were wanting to get into the presence of Jesus. Jesus they wanted something from him so much the scripture says so that there was no room to receive them not even at to the door there was no way to even access the entrance into that house and and so jesus there preaching the Word. Let me take just a moment to say that no matter how great our needs are, there is no greater need in our life than the preaching of the Word of God in our life. I thank God for His miracles and I thank God for His marvelous works, but I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for this Word. I wouldn't be standing in this pulpit if it wasn't for this Word. I wouldn't have my name written down in heaven if it wasn't for this word i wouldn't have had my sins washed away if it wasn't for this word i wouldn't be full of the holy ghost if it wasn't for this word i wouldn't be walking in truth and holiness without which no man shall see the lord if it wasn't for this word jesus preached the word the bible says that they came they came to him or they came into the region or the area or that geographical location at least as close as they could get I've, I've tried to conjecture in my mind at least what it must have been like you know We've all been in crowds at one time or another. We know what it's like to try to, you know, turn and wedge your way through and slip your way through and excuse me and pardon me and and try to make your way through. But, hey, when everybody's there looking for a miracle, nobody's getting out of your way. Nobody's giving you a pass. It's kind of like getting in the line at the grocery store. Don't ask anybody if you can go ahead of them you might get in trouble and i don't know what the outcome might be and it was much like that in this situation everybody was there everybody that was there had a need everybody that was there wanted to see jesus everybody there wanted a miracle everybody there was trying to get to where he was i don't know even know how that they how that they got there perhaps could have been that there were people that were, there were great crowds of people. And maybe, maybe one of the friends that brought this paralyzed man there that day, maybe he asked somebody, where are you guys going? Where's everybody going? What's the, what's, what's, what's happening? Why, why are so many people headed in that direction toward that house over there? Why is everybody surrounding that? Maybe it was then that somebody said, don't you know that it's Jesus don't you know it's the healer? Don't you know that it's the one who is going amongst us and doing these great and mighty miracles? Don't you know maybe that was where the that was where the seed was sown in their heart? Oh, people are waiting for a testimony, aren't they? They're waiting to know what happened to you, what happened to me, what changed you, what changed me. Uh, Amen. They're looking for an answer. I'm persuaded that no matter how confused our world is today, I'm persuaded that deep down inside of them, uh, there is a soul that is searching for their creator. There is a soul that is searching for salvation uh, and for some kind uh, of miraculous deliverance. Maybe one said to the other, Hey, what about our buddy over there? He's paralyzed. He's laying in a bed. He can't do anything for himself. Apparently, these were four friends who helped him, who took to to cure him, who carried him wherever he needed to go. Maybe they served him his meals. Maybe they spooned broth or food into his mouth. Maybe they held a cup up to his lips so that he could get a drink of water. I don't know what all they did for him, but they must have thought very highly of him and they must have loved him greatly to be able and be willing to do what they were about to do. But whatever it was at some point in time, uh, one said to the other, let's bring him to Jesus. If he's healing people, who better than our friend right here? Who better than this man that we care for and we love? Why don't we bring him to Jesus and let Jesus do something in his life? And thus, faith was born in their hearts. As far as we know, this paralyzed man didn't say anything. As far as we know, he didn't ask them to bring him to Jesus. Scripture doesn't say that he said, "Will you bring me to Jesus?" It just says, uh, "Amen." In fact, uh, if anything, it avoids uh, any reference to his comments, and it says they came to him, uh, and they could not come nigh for the press, and they uncovered the roof, and they broke it up, and they let the bed down into the uh, we're in the sick apostle lay. The Bible just simply tells us that they did it all. They had faith for their Friend, that if they could get him to Jesus, uh, that something was going to happen. It must have been an ordeal. Can you imagine and, and, and just to somehow help our American minds to to relate to this uh, amen, houses of that day they were also built with with some type of a roof of a wood structure, oftentimes with uh, with branches and so forth, covering and, and mixtures of dirt and so forth to seal off that roof uh, amen to 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 make that safe from weather or, or to keep it uh, dry from weather, but perhaps whatever it was, uh, I can't imagine cl- making my way to that house and trying to get on that roof by myself just me can you imagine you got four men they're carrying a bed or a stretcher, amen, and, they, and, they, and one on each corner. And they're trying to, excuse me, pardon me, help, can we get to you? Can we get by you? And they're trying to somehow, I don't know how they did it. To, I don't know how they persuaded anybody to let them, but somehow they persuaded somebody to allow them access to the side of that house. Come on. Can you imagine climbing a ladder with, with, a, with a man on a bed? What that must have been like. That was an adventure of its own. Amen. Must have took a couple of ladders at least. Amen. For them, I don't know how they did it, but ever how they did it, those four men, they took their friend to the top of that house because one of them had the bright idea, since we can't get through the door, let's try to go through the roof. And so they got on top of that house, and the Bible says that they broke up the roof. They tore it apart. I, 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 I imagine what it must have been like on the inside when dirt started falling down and pieces of branches started falling down and people started looking up and said, what in the world is going on in this place? What are you doing? Don't you know that we're having church? Don't you know that Jesus is in the middle of a sermon? He's preaching to us and here you are tearing off the roof. But by that time, the roof was gone, and four men are peering down into the house, and Jesus is there, and they take ropes, and they lower that man into the presence. I I believe they probably lowered him right in front of Jesus. Uh, right in front of Jesus. In fact, there are some. There are some. Some. Some artist renditions of what it must have looked like, and every one of them show him being lowered right in front of where Jesus stood as he spoke. Amen. Lowered this man down into his presence. They didn't surprise Jesus because he knew all things. Because he was not just a prophet, and he was not just another man. He was not just a teacher he was not just a preacher he was God Almighty manifested in flesh and he knew the beginning from the end he knew what was happening he even knew what was about to happen so they got him down into the presence of Jesus and Jesus looked at that sick man that paralyzed man and the Bible said when Jesus saw their faith doesn't say anything about the paralytic's faith. I don't even know if he had any faith. If he did, his faith had probably taken a beating. I can only imagine what it's like to be a paralytic. I don't, I don't want to live that experience for sure, but I can only imagine what it's like to not be able to get up out of a bed. What it's like to not be able to lift your hand or to be able to take a step or to be able to function as, as many of us are blessed in, in our abilities to function. I can only imagine what that would do to your faith after a little while. I can only imagine how discouraged you could get, how down and out you could get, how, how you could feel about things. Maybe that, maybe that paralytic thought, we're wasting our time. Maybe he even told his friends, you guys are crazy. I've been like this for a long time and nothing's going to happen and why don't you just leave me and let me die and let me go home but no, they had some faith for their friend. They had faith for this man. And the Bible said that when Jesus saw their faith, he didn't talk about, he didn't talk about them coming through the crowd. He didn't talk about them climbing the roof. He didn't talk about them tearing it off. He didn't talk about what it cost them to get there, how much sacrifice that was involved in them arriving to that location. All Jesus did was see their faith. And when he saw their faith, Faith. He looked down at that paralyzed man, and this is what he said: he said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But the translation of that is, be healed. Be healed. I mean, you know what I think happened right then? I think that man was healed right then. Yes, sir. But he was so bound by his past. He was so bound by the life that he had lived that he couldn't even understand that a miracle had taken place in his body. Amen. All he knew was he had never been able to rise up out of that bed. How many thousands of times he tried to raise his head. How many thousands of times he tried to crawl out of bed. How many times he threw himself off into the floor and somebody had to come pick him back up and get him up. But Jesus looked at him and he healed him. There were some mockers there. There were some who were scoffers. And they said, how is it that this man is forgiving these sins? Who but God can forgive his sins? You see, they didn't have the revelation that you have. They didn't have the revelation that I have. They didn't know that they were witnesses of God Almighty manifested in flesh. They didn't know that it was the one who said to Philip... You have seen me, you have seen the Father. They didn't know that. So they began to say these things, but Jesus, he knew. He knew what was in their hearts. He knew what was in their minds he looked at them and he said, why why are you perplexed? Why are you confused? Why are you saying these things? Why are you even thinking these things? For what is easier? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or is it easier to say arise? But Jesus, the Bible says, he told those people that day, but that you may know, but that you may know, there's not anybody here this morning, most likely, that don't know. Amen. We could could have a testimony service right now. And oh, the stories we could tell, the testimonies we could share, the miracles that we could relate this morning that God has done, and they were done that we may know, and they were done that others may know. But this was so that those people could know there that day, amen, the miracle power of Jesus Christ. And maybe that's why I'm preaching this message this morning, is to remind us of what we know, remind us of what we already know because we are already like Peter said we are already high witnesses of his majesty so Jesus looked down at that healed man I believe who who didn't have enough faith to even try to pick his head up Because he wasn't there because of his faith. He was there because of their faith. He didn't get there on his own. He didn't get there on his own faith. He didn't ask to be brought there. He didn't plan this. But he was there because of their faith. He was there because they believed that Jesus could heal him. They believed that Jesus could raise him up. Probably they were thinking in their minds the moment that Jesus said, "Thy sins be forgiven thee. They were probably thinking in their minds, come on, get up. Come on, try it. Come on, take a step. Come on, try to get up out of that bed. But no, he does not, he's not doing anything. There's no response. There's no reaction. So Jesus looks down into that man's eyes and he says to him, Arise! Oh, there was nothing could hold back that physical body. There was nothing, there was no mind that could keep that body from reacting because the creator, the creator was speaking into that body that he had formed. Amen. Out of the dust of this earth, the creator was speaking. And when the creator speaks to the creation, I said, when the creator speaks to the creation, creation has no other alternative other than to react and respond to the voice of the creator there are many times that God doesn't speak to creation because he has created us and made us in such a fashion that he wants us to voluntarily respond and react to him But there are particular times, like when he spoke to the winds and the waves, peace be still. And here's another time when he speaks to a paralytic who is already healed in his body but doesn't have enough faith to try to get up out of that bed. And Jesus says, arise. Before that, the paralytic had time to process the thought. His head popped up off of that pillow before he could process what was happening. Amen. He found himself sitting on the side of his bed. Amen. Before he could process what was happening, he was sitting there looking at them. And the next thing he knew, before he could process it all, he stood to his feet. Because the creator said, take up thy bed and go. Involuntarily, I believe, involuntarily he bent over oh he had never done nothing like this amen but he bent over and he picked up that bed amen and took it up amen and put it on his shoulder and the bible said he went forth and the scripture says that they were all amazed and they glorified god and they said we've never seen anything like this happen you know why it happened it happened because of their faith Not his, but their faith. It's why we do what we do. It's why we're here this morning. The needy are often paralyzed by their circumstances. They're unable to help themselves. Every bit as helpless as this man in Capernaum. Needing someone to stand in the gap. And make up the hedge for them. As far as we know, this paralytic had no faith, but there were four men. There were four men that had faith enough for him. They had faith enough for him. There's such a need in our world today. We live in a world that's paralyzed, paralyzed, not so much by physical paralysis, but by spiritual and mental and emotional paralysis. They can't really help themselves. Their minds are in a fog. They're confused. They don't know which way is up. They don't know which way is down. They don't know whether to go right or whether to go left. They don't know what to believe or what to think. Such confusion is in the world today. I believe what the world needs today is more of their faith. I believe the world needs a church that has faith for a lost and a dying world. I believe the church needs men and women who have faith for a lost and dying world. They can't believe for themselves. They don't have enough faith for themselves. They're so paralyzed. They're so bound. They're so tied up by what they are living in and living through that they don't have enough faith to try again to pick their head up off of the off, off, off of the, the couch or off of the cot. But what they need is somebody who believes that Jesus has the power and the authority to set them free. Somebody who believes that Jesus can change their life. Somebody who believes that he can take off the shackles that are holding them captive. Somebody who believes that he has the key to the doors of darkness and that he as the light is able to deliver them and bring them forth out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we have revival services. That's why we have church. That's why we teach home Bible studies. That's why we plant new church works. That's why we send out home missionaries. That's why we send missionaries to foreign nations of the world to preach, to reach, to teach, and to train others. That others may be delivered from their sins and set free from their captivity and given victory in the name of Jesus. Others may say, we've never seen anything like this before. People around the world need some of their faith. They don't have any of their own. And they're dying in their sins. Unless somebody can do like these four men. And say, you know what? We're going to do something. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we'll get through the crowd. I don't know how we'll get up on the, I don't know how we'll get him inside. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something. We're going to do whatever it takes to get him to Jesus. All of us today have family members, and I feel confident in saying that there are probably some of us here today that have lost family members. Probably some of us that have family members that are backslidden. Probably some of us have family members that are living lives that we never, ever dreamed that they would live. Our, our minds can't fathom how they got from where they started to where they are today. And we're praying for them. We have friends. We have neighbors. We have coworkers, We have acquaintances. We have people that are part of our daily lives. And they just don't have any faith for themselves. Somewhere buried inside of them. Covered up by all of the sin and darkness that they've lived. There's a measure of faith. Because the word is faithful and true that to every man there's given a measure. Don't think that they don't know. Don't think that they don't believe. Somewhere there's a tiny place in their hearts and their minds that they believe. But what they don't have is enough faith to get them out of their prison. To get them out of their bondage. To get them out of the life and the lifestyle that they're bound by and that they're living. What they need is some, their faith. They need somebody who says, you know what? He or she, they may not have enough faith on their own, but I'm going to stand in the gap for them. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm not just going to go to church. I'm not just going to sing. I'm not just going to listen to pastor preach. I'm not just going to enjoy the fruits and the benefits and the blessings of being a believer, but I am going to have some faith for somebody who don't have any faith for themselves. I'm going to have some faith for somebody who don't know how to get up out of their bed, uh, of of, 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 uh, practically living in their deathbed. Uh, I'm going to have some faith for somebody who doesn't know how to do it on their own or doesn't have the ability to do it by themselves. I am going to stand before God and I am going to intercede to God for them. I am going to personally break the yokes of bondage. I am going to personally rise up against the powers of wickedness and darkness in this world today. And by prayer and fasting and faith in the name of Jesus, I am going to help them find their way out of their prison of darkness and into light. Is there anybody in the house right now that you want to be that person? Would you stand with me right now? Is there anybody here right now that you got somebody's name running through your mind right now and you're thinking it's true? They don't have any faith for themselves. Is there somebody in the house right now that will speak up and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Is there somebody who will say, speak to me, Jesus? Is there somebody who will say, give me the boldness, Lord. Give me whatever it takes. Give me the radical faith that's needed. Give me the radical faith to step out of my comfort zone. Is there somebody who wants to step out and have faith for somebody else? I'm not talking about having some faith for yourself. Amen, you're here this morning. I'm talking about having some faith for somebody who's not here this morning. I'm talking about having some faith for somebody who couldn't get there on their own. (laughs) Could I tell you right now that if you could just have a little faith for them if you could just have a little faith for them healing is on the way deliverance is on the way victory is on the way oh they don't have to be able to do it on their own they don't have to be able to do it on their own. I remember when my dad was living a life of degradation. He was an alcoholic. He was a womanizer. He was a gambler. He lived every day and every night in the darkness of sin. But lying on her bed was a faithful saint of God. My grandmother, Drusilla Gray, and every day and every night, she interceded before God for her son, R.T. Amen, Gray. Could I tell you right now, my dad didn't have enough faith he didn't have enough faith to get up from where he was he didn't have enough faith to get out of his prison he didn't have what it took to get deliverance but oh grandma drusilla did grandma drusilla did i got a granddaughter right now that's not where she needs to be with god But last Sunday morning, Pastor Gill, she was sitting on a pew at First Pentecostal Church. She wasn't there because of her faith. She's too confused. She's too bound. But she was there because of my wife's faith. She was there because of my faith. She was there because of her mama's faith and there because of her daddy's faith and for some precious saints of God at First Pentecostal Church of Parish, Texas to have faith and pray for that little 22-year-old young lady every single day. I tell you what we're doing—we're tearing down strongholds. Oh, for the weapons of our warfare—they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the tearing down of strongholds and the casting down of every evil imagination that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. That's what we're doing. And that's what we're doing right now. There's some faith being activated in this house for some lost sons and some lost daughters. There's some faith being activated in this house for some backsliders. There's some faith being activated in this house for some grandchildren. There's some faith being activated in this place. (laughs) Oh, Satan, your kingdom must come down. Your kingdom must come down because Jesus is here to do miracles. Would you pray with me right now? God, send forth angels. Send forth ministering spirits. Lord, break some some chains of bondage right now god take your hand wipe it across their eyes heal their blindness and bless them with illumination and revelation god the god of this world has blinded their eyes but oh just like in In the days in which you walked upon this earth When you healed the eyes of the blind They were physical blindnesses. But today we're asking for the healing of spiritual blindness We're asking for illumination And revelation
0: Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast We trust that today's message has inspired you Encouraged you and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.